0: Let's begin in Ephesians chapter 4 in verse 13. Talking about the the gifts that Christ gave to the church for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Verse 13. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Verse 16, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share and causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So restoration. So we've been talking about revelation, renewal, and restoration. Why do we need restoration? I mean, restoration speaks to a lot of things, and we can apply it in a lot of context. But we need restoration because of the constant effect of sin and the fallen world that we live in. I mean, every day, sin has an effect on us. The fall has an effect on us in, in every way, physically, emotionally, spiritually. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. But yet Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Why? Why do we have tribulation? Well, because we live in a fallen world. And we feel and we experience the effects of that fallen world. And so restoration is something that we need continually. And so spiritually, emotionally, physically, God has created us to find restoration in Him, ultimately, and in one another. This is what it means to be a body. So, you know, the scripture uses this language a lot, especially in the New Testament. I mean, this is, the, this is the picture that is given to us, that we're a body. Many members, one body. And that's given to us on purpose to help us understand in a real way who we are and, and how we function And so we find this restoration in Christ. We find it in one another as we function as one life, one body, where? In Christ. Amen? Christ is the head, we're the body. So as we love one another, even as he has loved us. This is the new command. Jesus said in John 13, he said, A new commandment I give unto you, that you would love one another as I have loved you, so you are to love one another. And so... As we love one another, even as Christ loved us, the body is building itself up and there is a restoration that takes place in love. So, we talked about restoration from a real practical point of view. You know, if you cut your finger, your body has restorative powers. It heals itself. You know, that cut will heal and, you know, I mean, I've cut this finger before, but I don't have any cuts on it. Why? Because the body restores itself. So in a real practical sense, we we know this, we see this. And so our bodies experience restoration in that sense, or we eat food. I mean, you know, I know donuts aren't like the best thing for you, but there is some fruit there, you know, strawberries and bananas. And so we eat food, we drink, we eat. Why? Because it provides nourishment for us. And so in a real... Way the food that we eat provides fuel for our bodies to restore themselves, or we sleep. I mean, how many of you have ever been sleep deprived, and it has a real effect on you. It has effect on your body, has effect on your mind, and so we go to sleep every night and we get sleep because sleep brings restoration to us. It enables us to get up and, and keep going because our bodies, our minds are restored through that process. So restoration is the body receiving, working, sharing, and supplying what each part needs to build itself up, to heal itself, to be growing and living and functioning together as one. Some of you might have heard, George reminded me today of my words last week, that we weren't playing tackle football, we're just playing flag football. And I don't know how it happened, but somehow my my feet remember I I was talking about this last week my my hands are not created for me to walk on my feet are well man my feet just kind of I don't know what happened to them I guess they they just lost their function for a moment and I I fell and I landed right on this bone on my shoulder and I separated my shoulder and so I learned real quick that boy when when your joints aren't connected the way they're supposed to be it it causes real pain and it causes real disruption of the function of the things that you're able to do but but that's true spiritually as well i mean we're this is this is why we read the scripture in Ephesians Paul talks about every the body knit and joined together, functioning, every part supplying what the other needs, building itself up. Now, I'm telling you, my shoulder is it's still sore. But I mean, there was no way a week ago or six days ago I could even do that. When I had to go take my x-ray, she says, you're going to have to reach up and grab your other shoulder. And I'm like, oh, she goes, I know it's going to really hurt. you know. I, mean, I had to literally just like, you know. But now... Why? I mean, there's still some discomfort there, but I can do that. Because my body is restoring itself. My body, because I eat, I sleep, I provide nourishment. God's created our bodies fearfully and wonderfully. And man, just in time, the body brings restoration. Because everything is functioning the way it's supposed to. I mean, my, my... my body is supplying to this joint from both sides what it needs. Blood's flowing, things are being restored. I mean, that's the body joined together, knit together, functioning together, supplying what, what every part needs. And, and that picture in the natural is exactly what we're supposed to have in the spiritual. Paul says, just like your body functions that way, your physical body, this is the way the body of Christ is to function. So when someone is hurting or someone is, is, is lacking or they're down and they need encouragement, some other part of the body needs to come along and say, hey, hey, man, I want to encourage you. Hey, listen, I want to pray for you. Let me, just, let me just walk with you. Let me lift up your arms right now. Let me help you in your time of need. You know, you can't do this for yourself right now, so let me come alongside of you and help you. I mean, you know, I had to brush my teeth. I'm left-handed, so I can't really brush my teeth very good with my right hand. It's just, I don't know why, I just can't. You know, you get that rhythm when you're brushing your teeth, and you can just do that. I can't do that with my right hand. So I felt like I couldn't brush my teeth very good. So guess what I had to do? I had to hold my arm up here like this, and I could brush my teeth. But I couldn't do that without my other arm coming up here and that's like somebody here, you know i 'm down, and I somebody comes alongside and says, "Hey, let me just hold you up here for a minute, you know, not forever, but but until you're healed until restoration, this is part of restoration, and so restoration is spiritual, but it's also intensely practical. This is really important for us to understand. sometimes I think we talk about these spiritual concepts and And the word spiritual just kind of, we're like floating off into space somewhere. The spiritual, though it is spiritual, doesn't mean it's not practical. It doesn't mean it's not real. You're going to have, we are all going to have in the resurrection one day, a spiritual body. That doesn't mean it's not a real body. It's a real body. Jesus, after his resurrection, had a real body. It was a spiritual body, but it was a real. It wasn't like a, you know, I can stick my hand through it. I mean, he ate fish he drank. I mean, yeah, he walked through walls. <laughs> he did that, but but it was a real body. So, you know, we kind of get confused sometimes when we, we talk about spiritual things and we think they're like, Ooh, you know, no. Restoration is spiritual, but it's it's extremely practical as well. So, Restoration takes place in our body as we nourish it, as we fuel the sharing and the supplying that goes on between the members of the body as they function together. And so the body's joined and it's functioning together as one. Each part is supplying what the other part needs. And this, is what, this is what we read in Ephesians, from whom the whole body joined in it together. By what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. You guys are important. Every one of you are important. You really are. You say, well, what do I do? You know? But the very fact that you're here is important. You know, last night um, Joshua was sharing. We were sitting at the table, and, and uh, he was just talking about being up here and worshiping. And, and, and you know, these guys are leading us in worship. And he said, I'll be honest. He says, sometimes, you know, when I look out, he's like, Sunday morning, sometimes, you know, it's just kind of the habit. It's, it's, I think, the habit in a lot of places. People kind of trickle in, you know. Sometimes when they start out, there might only be a handful of people out there. And it's like, honestly, and I've been there. You know, you're up here and you're leading worship. And it just, we don't live by our feelings. We don't go by our feelings. But, but honestly, it just feels better. When you're up here leading worship and there's people actually out there worshiping. It feels a lot better to know there's more people out there than there are up here. It doesn't feel as good. I mean, our worship is the same. Our worship is for the Lord. We're worshiping as unto the Lord. But it really does feel better. It's more encouraging when there's not more people on the worship team than there are in the congregation. (laughs) You know what I mean? It, It just does. And so what am I saying? I mean, it's important. Just your, even your presence here brings encouragement to one another. It's encouraging for one another. It's encouraging for me. It's encouraging for all of us. Just our very presence here. I might not think that my foot and my hand are connected, and they're not directly connected, but, but it's important for my hand that my feet are, are part of the body even though I do fall down sometimes. You are important. You supply something. You provide something for the other parts of the body. And don't ever minimize that. And don't ever let the enemy, because this is what the enemy does. The enemy comes to us and he lies in our ear and he says, you know, you're really not important. You're not important. Your life really doesn't mean that much. If anything, no one really cares about you. I mean, this is, this is the lie of the enemy. If I didn't exist, no one would miss me. I mean, the enemy really does. I mean, he, he puts thoughts like that into our heads. But what does God say? God says, you are important. God says, you supply something, you provide something that no one else can provide. I mean, think about it. This is why it's so amazing that every human being on earth is absolutely unique. Even identical twins, though to the naked eye, they may seem identical, but they are absolutely unique. I mean, in some sense, all hands and all feet look the same, right? But yet, they're all unique. And so don't ever buy the lie that that you're not important because you are. And your importance is not tied to whether you're doing a specific task or not doing a specific task. You're important because God created you. God put you in the body by grace. And you're here to function as part of that body. And so... This is what what the scripture is communicating to us. And so the spiritual body, it works the very same way the natural body does. When I say the spiritual body, I'm talking about the community of believers. We are a community of believers today. And so the community of believers is being built up. We build, it's built up how? The Bible says it's being built up In love. It's nourishing itself. Healing itself. Restoring itself in love. In what love? In the love of Christ. Ephesians or Romans 5. Paul Paul says. You know. We glory also in these tribulations. Because we know that tribulation produces patience. And patience produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint because God has poured out His love into our hearts by His Holy Spirit. Ultimately, why do we have hope? Because of the love of God that's been poured into our hearts. This is how restoration takes place. And so this is the body overcoming the effects of a fallen and a sinful world by the power of, in the love of God as it functions in the life of Christ, and so this is a this is a spiritual function. I mean, we're functioning spiritually today. You might not feel like it, but you, there there is a spiritual functioning taking place here today. There's also a very an, an intensely practical function that's taking place here today. You are affecting the restoration of the body, whether you realize it or not. You are bringing about a building up of the body, whether you realize it or not. You're helping bring the body to the the stature of the measure of the fullness of Christ. Think about those words. Coming to the stature of the measure of the fullness of Christ. Of Christ to a perfect man, Paul writes, or to a complete man. It's a picture of a, of a child growing up and coming to complete maturity. There's an expectation when our children are born, these babies that, that I see right now, this father holding this baby, this mother holding uh, her son, there's an expectation that the parents, that the grandparents, that, that we all have, that these children are going to grow up to maturity, to complete men and complete women. This is what God is doing by His Spirit. And the picture of that completeness, the picture of that maturity is Christ. That this is what the work of the Spirit is doing, is bringing all of us, many members, in one body to a maturity To a completeness that we will one day, ultimately, it's amazing. Paul writes in his letter to the Romans that the earth, the very earth groans, awaiting the manifestation of the sons of God. The earth has an expectation that one day, this one new man, one day, this body called the body of Christ, this community of believers that's universal will one day stand, will one day be revealed in its perfection, in its completeness. It's called the manifestation of the sons of God. This is what we're coming to. Just like these children are growing up. They're not mature yet, but they're growing to maturity. The body of Christ is not mature yet, but it's growing to maturity. And it's able to grow to maturity because God affects restoration. By revelation, by renewal, and by restoration, God is causing his body to grow to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is the work of restoration. The body together as one, growing up into him, into all things. You see what Paul says in verse 15, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into Him. What are we to grow up into? We're to grow up into all things. What does that include? It includes all things. There's not anything it doesn't include. So what that tells me is that every area and every aspect of your life is absolutely important. In a book we're reading right now called Every Good Endeavor by Tim Keller, Tim Keller uh, um, in this book talks about Martin Luther and when Martin Luther kind of had his discovery of, of salvation by, by grace, we're justified by faith, not by works. But in this process, Luther was talking about work, and in, in this book it kind of gives a, a kind of a thumbnail sketch of the history where back then there was what was called the spiritual estate, Where if you weren't a monk, a priest, or a nun, that was the important work. You were part of the spiritual estate. Everybody else was the earthly estate. So the milkmaids who milked the cows, you know, the blacksmiths who did the metal work, the farmers who farmed, those weren't the spiritual. The important work was, you know, the pastors and the clergy. And Luther had this revelation. He's like, oh, wait a minute. They can't be more important because who brings the milk to the clergy? If the milkmaids weren't milking the cow, how would the clergy get the milk that they drink for breakfast? He was reading Psalm 147 where it says, God says, I'll strengthen the bars of your, the gates of your city. And Luther thought, well, who made the bars? It wasn't the spiritual estate, it wasn't the priest, the nun, or the monks that made the bars. It was the blacksmith who made the bars. How can God strengthen bars if there are no bars to strengthen? Somebody had to make those. So Luther had this epiphany, it's like, you know what, all work is a calling from God. All work is valuable. So when Paul writes this, that we are growing up in all things into him, what that tells me is that Every aspect of our life is important. It doesn't matter whether you're a pastor or like my dad was a ditch digger. He he was a drag line operator. He literally dug ditches for a living. Whether you're a pastor, a ditch digger, uh, a secretary, a stay-at-home mom, it doesn't matter what you are. Your work, your calling, your vocation is important because God is Using your life right where you are to affect his purposes in the earth. And in everything you do, is, is this is the understanding we need to have. That everything we do in our work, in our homes, in our play, in everything we do, we are always part of the body. And we are always affecting the body somehow, some way. If I get disjointed and out of joint... I'm going to cause pain in the body. If there's not a proper connection between me and somebody else, just like when my shoulder got separated, there was real pain there and real discomfort, and it caused real dysfunction in my body. When we get separated, when we get cross, there's real pain and there's real dysfunction. This is why... The Bible tells us, it talks to us about families. It goes to such practical levels. It's talking about intensely spiritual things, but in intensely practical ways. That our spiritual life has a real impact in our families. Even to the point that Peter says, hey husbands, if you and your wife aren't right, it affects your prayers. It affects your prayers to God. If, if you and the, the relationship you have with your wife is not right, it hinders your prayers to God. Just like when my shoulder got separated, even though it was a mild separation, it didn't feel very mild. It hindered something. And until restoration began to take effect and healing began to manifest, now I'm feeling like I'm functioning much better. Because now there's, there's not that inflammation. There's not that separation. It's, everything's going back to where it should be. So this is true in our families. This is true in our work. This is true everywhere all the time. God wants to affect restoration in us and through us. And so everything we do, it really matters. So for Christ's Fellowship, This should be our prayer, that God would, in a powerful way, that he would begin to to cause this to to take place. Now, let's go to Matthew chapter 5, to the Beatitudes. How how is this going to take place? So, what happens if you don't eat? If you you stop eating, what's going to happen to your body? It's going to lose its ability to restore itself, and and it's going to begin to degrade. If you don't get proper nutrition, if you're abusing your body either by, I mean, you can abuse your body by eating too much. You can abuse your body by depriving yourself of food. Um, I just went through a two-day mental health first aid training, and we learned a lot about eating disorders. There's lots of ways we can abuse our bodies, but however we do it, guess what? We're affecting our body's ability to to restore itself, to be healthy, to function in a healthy way. And so in Matthew 5, 6, Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So being filled or or having your hunger or your thirst satisfied, that brings restoration. I mean, have you ever been in a place where maybe extreme physical exertion and, man, you just feel your body is, is and you, you just drink, I mean, even like a Gatorade or, or something, it, it just immediately almost you can feel the, the calories, the sugar. I mean, it just is doing some, the hydration, And so, why does God cause us to hunger and thirst? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, when we eat, our bodies, when our bodies receive nourishment, there is a restoration that takes place. And so the same thing happens spiritually. In a spiritual sense, our spirit and our soul is restored when we receive spiritual nourishment, just like our physical bodies are restored when we receive natural nourishment. We can eat out of need, but most of the time when I eat, I don't just eat out of need. Now, we need to eat, right? We need to eat regularly, good, balanced meals. But, I mean, anybody that knows me knows that I love food. So, I don't just eat because I need to eat. I mean, I like to eat and I like to experience the flavor. And I like to... You know, experience the different tastes and textures and flavors. I love the fact that my daughter-in-law is a fantastic cook. and So she likes to cook all these, you know, recipes. That, and it's awesome, you know, because it's, it just is. Because I love to eat. And I love the experience. And you know why? God made us that way. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. And so we can eat out of need, but if we only eat out of need, we can sometimes, I think, miss savoring the goodness of what it is that, that we're allowed to partake of. So to eat based on need alone is one thing, but, but to partake out of our desire for the goodness that we've been privileged to experience because we, we can taste and see and taste and know that it's good. So there's an anticipation like, oh man, we're going to have this meal tonight. I know it's going to be good. There's an anticipation. Why? Because I've tasted and I've seen that it's good and I know that it's good. And so I'm anticipating not only am I hungry and I need to eat physically to restore my body. But I mean, there's an anticipation. I, I desire to eat because I want to taste the goodness. I want to experience the goodness. Oh, this is the way it is in the Lord. God wants us to anticipate. God wants us to look forward to His goodness, that we would taste and see every day that He is good. And God affects restoration to our spirit and our souls, not just because we need it, but there is an enjoyment because because of the desire. I have a desire to come to His table, to be in His presence. And experience the fullness of his joy, to taste and to know that. I mean, do we do we have that? Do we is that something that's within us? Do you know that it's a grace of God that that you get hungry? If if we didn't have hunger, we probably wouldn't be, be alive. I mean, your body tells you when it's time to eat. And so hunger is a grace that God gives us that says, hey, you need to eat. Why? Because your body needs nourishment. Some restoration that needs to take place. Jesus said, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness sake shall be filled. It's the grace of God that causes you to hunger and thirst for Him, for His righteousness and for His kingdom. And we we can eat Just out of need, well, you know, I don't want to go to hell, so I guess I better taste and see if the Lord is good or not. No. God wants us to come and sit down and and come to His presence and and enjoy His goodness. He wants us to desire that, to anticipate that, to look forward to that. He wants us to experience the fullness of His joy, the pleasures of, in His presence, at His right hand, that Psalm 1611 says, the pleasures of His right hand that are forevermore." That that would be our heart's desire. That we're not just eating and drinking because we need it, but because we desire it. That we don't just come to church because I need to do my penance, but because I desire the fellowship. That comes with the body. And I want to come and I want to make sure that I am supplying. Even though I might not fully know what that is. I want to make sure that I'm in place supplying what the other parts need. Because this is how the body functions. This is how the body is restored. You don't know today the people sitting around you. Or the people sitting on the other side of the room for you. That that maybe just your very presence here has brought a measure of restoration to their soul and to their spirit. Just to be able to walk into this building and be in in fellowship, whether we all know each other well or whether we don't, can bring and affect a measure of restoration that, that we might not know about. But this is what the Scripture tells us happens when we come together. And so as we come together, this should be our purpose, to consider one another, to come with purpose. That God, I'm available to supply what the other parts need. I'm available, God. I want to share and I want to supply what the other parts may need today. Sometimes, sometimes God may reveal that to you. Sometimes you may come and go from this place and never know what you supplied and what you shared, but I want you to understand that whether you know it or not, you have supplied something and you have shared something just by the very fact that you are here. Just like every part of your body is supplying and sharing something by the very fact that it is part of your body it's a member of your body and it's just functioning very quietly very purposefully just the way God created it to function restoration so why do we Why do we partake? Should be because we know know the fullness of his joy. We know the pleasure of his table. So the reality of dwelling in his presence is true even in the midst. Do you believe that? And we are in Christ and Christ is in you. This is the picture Jesus gives us in John 14. He says, after my resurrection, then I will be in you and you will be in me and as I am in the Father. And now Jesus gives us this picture that, that through the new birth, we have been brought up into fellowship, into union with him and the Father. So the reality is, though we're sitting in Taylor, Texas, in this building we call Christ Fellowship Church, we are also in Christ dwelling in the presence of God. But we're also dwelling in this world. And the reality of this world is that the world is still fallen. The effects of the fall are all around us. The effects of sin are, Are all around us. So we're in the world. Dwelling in his presence. But we're not of the world. And so Jesus says in John 16.33. These things I've spoken to you. That in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So we experience the tribulation of living in the world. But we're Told to be of good cheer. Why? Because Christ in us has overcome the world. That's a promise that God gives us. And so we prove this out. This good, acceptable, and perfect will of God as we are being transformed by the renewing of our mind. As we receive a revelation of Christ. As we see the goodness of God. As we come to know and be known by God. And as, as this process of renewal is taking place, there's also this constant restoration that's taking place. So it's not mind over matter, it's, it's Christ victorious, amen? This isn't a mind trick, this is the reality that Christ has already provided victory, So this is why a revelation of Christ is so important. See, a revelation of Christ is not a magical or even a mystical thing. It's really not. I think it's, it's just as practical as anything else. It's spiritual. It's not natural. It's spiritual. But it's also practical. So when you're hungry, what do you do? I mean, if you're in your house watching TV or doing whatever you do relaxing and you are hungry what do you do huh you get up and go get something to eat it's not real complicated is it you you get up you go to the refrigerator or when it's, it's time for supper or maybe you you know you, i like leftovers so I, I know i have leftovers so if i get hungry i'll go eat some leftovers i mean i don't i don't have to I don't have to really think about it real hard. I don't have to, I mean, it just becomes a really practical thing. It it becomes just a simple process. When I get hungry, I go eat. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. It's a grace of God that I get hungry physically, and then I go eat physically, and so my body stays strong. It's the grace of God that you hunger spiritually. When you hunger spiritually, what do you do? Be filled. Eat. How, how do you do that, Pastor Jeff? What do you mean, eat spiritually? What is this? This is spiritual food. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life, I'm the bread come down from heaven. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. Do you realize even coming to this table, it's, it's, it's a spiritual nourishment? Partaking of this word. It's spiritual nourishment. Listen, a Big Mac's not going to satisfy your spiritual hunger. It may your physical hunger. But the bread of life, the manna from heaven, the revelation of God. In Jesus Christ, this is what we need to nourish our spirits with. Don't make it more complicated than you need to. I mean, it's kind of like, I, here's how I think some Christians are. It's like, it'd be like this. You know, if my, my wife came home and she found me in the living room on the floor, just crying out, she goes, what's the matter? I said, man, I'm hungry. Well, what are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm asking God for something to eat. I, I need something. I'm hungry. Like you, idiot. Refrigerator's full of food. Go in there and eat if you're hungry. Oh, we complicate things. Do you realize what's here in this book we call the Bible? Sometimes we just need to break open, just like you just need to go break open your refrigerator and go get you something and partake. Sometimes you just just need to break this thing open and begin to partake. Well, where should I begin reading? I don't really care. Just start reading. There's lots of choices. Have you ever seen someone? I've done this. You walk over to the refrigerator and you open it up. I got one of these refrigerators now that after you have the door open for a certain amount of time, he goes beep, 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 so to let you know, you know, you left the door open too long. You're letting all the cold air out. Standing there, and the buzzers going off. It's like oh, I'm hungry for something, but I really don't know what I'm hungry for. You know, the reality is I'm 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 probably not really as hungry as I think I am. But you know. <laughs> But, but if I really am, just, uh, then just get something and eat. If you're hungry, eat. Sometimes we know what we want to eat. Sometimes we break this thing open and go right to where we need to go to. We know what we need to eat. We know what we need to fill ourselves with. Other times, but the point is, if you're hungry, just begin to eat. And the promise that God gives us is that he will fill us. And, and I think spiritually, some, some people are like that person. They've been standing at the refrigerator so long trying to figure out what they want to eat. Or they've been in the living room asking God to give them something to eat. and They just have not done something as simple as get up and go get it. God has provided it for us in his son. He's given us his word. He's given us his spirit. He has laid a feast before us. He's given you the grace to be hungry. Now you need to partake. And he wants you to partake out of the sense of your desire and out of the anticipation of the goodness that he has prepared for you. And when we do that, there is a restoration that begins to take place because of the nourishment that is provided to our body. Individually, personally, and corporately. If you're not healed and restored and growing and functioning in a healthy way, you will affect another part of the body. It may be your wife or your husband or your parents or your children or your friends or your coworkers or your brothers and sisters in Christ. And so we need to recognize, just like you can recognize when you're hungry and some of you are saying, yeah, it's 12 o'clock, man, I'm hungry right now. You know, hurry up and get done. I want to go eat. Uh, you know that. Why? That's the grace of God, man. God's put that in you. I mean, 12 o'clock, It's time to eat, time to eat lunch. Something's, something inside of me is saying, I need to eat right now. Shut up, Pastor Jeff. I'm hungry. And we're not going to have a problem going and finding something to eat. Oh, that we would be able spiritually to do the same thing. If we were as proficient at consuming the spiritual nourishment we need as we are the natural nourishment. But I'm telling you what, it's not any more complicated to get the spiritual nourishment you need than it is the natural nourishment. And if you'll just begin to partake, I'm telling you what, you will begin to be amazed at what God will do in you and through you and how he will use you to affect those around you. And he will affect the building up of the body in love as we bring restoration to one another. And as we come to a perfect, to a complete man, to the very measure, the stature of the fullness of Christ, to the glory of God the Father. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Let's all stand. Thank you, Lord. You know, that's a lot of words. (laughs) I always use a lot of words, don't I? I want you to have hope. I don't care what you're going through in life right now. I don't care how... Dark the valley is, you might be walking through. Whatever it is you might be facing. Have you ever been in a place where like everything's going really good with your life and all of a sudden you just kind of like think, man, everything is going really good. Something. And you start becoming fearful that hey, this, this can't last. you know. I know this can't last. Something's bound to happen. Maybe that's where you are. Maybe everything's just going great in your life. I hope it is. But I want you to have hope. Whether you're on the mountaintop, or whether you're in the valley, or whether you're making your way up or down, either one, I want you to have hope. Because in Christ we have hope. We are never, ever without hope in Him. And I don't care how Wounded you may be, or how painful you might feel right now. God knows how to bring healing, God knows how to bring restoration. God knows He has promised that in Christ He will provide that for us. Hope in Him. Don't look to this world. Don't look at your circumstances. Don't live in denial. Okay? But don't be moved by the things that we can see. Walk by faith and have hope in God. God has poured out His love into your heart by His Spirit. And that love never, ever fails. He has given it to us that we would ever have hope. Father, I pray today... For all of us in this room, God, that we would be people that would look to you. That, God, we would find hope in you. God, regardless of what our situation might be, Lord, we may seem to be in a place and we may feel hopeless right now. But, God, we are never without hope in you, Lord Jesus. So, Father, I pray that you would, by the power of your Spirit, do a work in our hearts For the hopeless today, God, I pray that you would give them hope. God, for those that are so blinded by the darkness that they might find themselves in and they may seem lost, God, I pray that you would shine a light in their darkness and provide a ray of hope in a way out of that darkness and into the glorious light That we have in our Lord Jesus. Father I thank you for every family here. I thank you for every person here. I thank you for the body of Christ. Called Christ Fellowship Church. And Father I pray that you would by your grace. Make us more and more hungry and thirsty. For your kingdom and for your righteousness. I pray God that you would begin to show us. How intensely practical it is for us. To begin to eat and drink. And be filled. I pray God that there would be an expectancy in us. Of your goodness. Of the good things that you have prepared for us. That we would savor your goodness God. That we would come to your table. That we would come into your presence. And God we would experience your goodness. That God you would heal us. And build us up. And restore us. And nourish us God. That we would be a body. Building itself up in love. That we would become a light to this world, to this community, that we would be salt, Lord, to the city of Taylor, and to East Williamson County, and to whatever place and wherever that we may find ourselves, God, that we are people who matter. From the least of us on up, God, we are important to you and we are important to one another. I thank you for that truth, God. And I pray that you would make that ever known to us by your spirit. And we would find our strength, our encouragement in you and in your joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Have a great day. Amen. Come back Wednesday. We'll have a great discussion in Matthew chapter 6. We just kind of sit here and have an interactive question Just talk about things. It's a great time. If anybody wants prayer, needs prayer concerning anything, please come. Let's pray.